providing the communities of Waldo, Knox, and Hancock counties with news, information, ideas, events, goods, and services on newsstands Thursdays and on the web at waldo.villagesoup.com. You're listening to WERU-FM 89.9 in Blue Hill, 99.9 in Bangor, and streaming on the web at WERU.org. We're listener-supported, we're volunteer-powered, and we are a voice of many voices coming to you from the studios in East Orland, Maine, along Route 1. In a very cloudy and very uh, inauspicious afternoon, this afternoon it looks like some showers are on the way, thunder showers possibly right now. Uh, looking for that for the next half hour or so. Tonight, we're going to have a low of 52 and a high. Tomorrow, 64. Mostly sunny tomorrow. Friday's going to be totally sunny. It is time for main Currents. This is Maine Currents, independent local news, views, and culture. I'm your host, Amy Brown. Today we continue with our ongoing series of multi-partisan roundtable discussions of the upcoming presidential elections. And after each of our guests has had a chance to say a few words, we'll be opening the phone lines and inviting you to join the discussion as well. My guests represent a range of political backgrounds, but we are committed to keeping this conversation civil. Tough questions and comments about policy are encouraged, but personal attacks won't be tolerated. And we're going to try to keep in mind that no matter who becomes president, we're all still going to be neighbors. And as Mainers, we have a lot more in common with each other than we likely have with any of the candidates. So we have a few folks joining us today, a few new folks joining us today, and a few regulars. Uh, Betsy Gerald and Margaret Hanna will rejoin us on future shows. Margaret Hanna is the Hillary Clinton supporter who alternates with Steve Godsoe, who's here today. And, uh, well, let me just let the rest of the folks who are here introduce themselves, say a little your names, where you're from, a little bit about yourselves and what candidate you support, and then we'll open the phone lines. And uh, who I have... To my immediate left and right, I have people who are here for the first time, and neither one of them looks like they're jumping into... Who wants to go first? I'll do that. All right, here we go. My, my name's David Bright. I live in Dixmont. Uh, I've been working on the Bernie Sanders campaign. I've also had some experience working with the main Green Party and some of their candidates, and I am a delegate to the Democratic National Convention uh, in Philadelphia. All right. So we have two Bernie supporters, but one who's also kind of our fill-in for the Green Party today, so hopefully can answer some of those questions. So Tim Wilson from Belfast, Maine. Uh, I'm an independent supporting Bernie Sanders. I believe in health, peace, and prosperity and think he's the best guy for the job right now. Steve Godsoe. I taught math for 49 years. Uh, I've been a Clinton supporter and uh, twice for Bill and twice for Hillary, and I think she's the one. Hi, I'm Renee Trust. I'm just a liberty-loving Republican from the town of Franklin. Uh, my name is Dave Gulia. I'm from Blue Hill, and I support uh, Mr. Trump for president. All right. Welcome to you all. Thanks for being here. The phone number, if you'd like to call in, is 469-0500 locally, 469-0500, or toll-free 1-866-625-9378. Again, 1-866-625-9378. We're looking for any questions you'd like to ask any of these folks who are in the studio about who they support or why they support them. We're looking for your comments about who you support and why you support them. And I'll also be taking a little informal poll here to see who our listeners are going to vote for. And so far in past uh, 
shows that we've done on this topic in this format. We've had overwhelming support for Bernie Sanders. We're going to see if we have some different calls today, different outcome, or if, it, if that remains the same. Another thing that we've done in past programs, for those of you who've been listening, is we've had the guests beforehand write down some questions that they'd like to ask each other and put them in our infamous, famous watering can here at WERU so that we can draw them out and uh, have them ask those questions as part of the program. And the last few times we've done that, we haven't gotten to them because we've had a lot of calls, I've had a bunch of questions, but today we're gonna make it a priority and we're gonna start with those. At any time, if you wanna jump in though, give us a call at 469-0500 or again, 1-866-625-9378. So what I'm gonna do is pull one of these questions out and then uh, find out who asked it and who they would like to have respond to it first. And the one that I have on top says, uh, Will the Democrats, I think this might be, stand for what has happened? Okay, this is the one that I was told that I might not be able to read, so I'm just going to pass it right to Renee because I know it's hers. Yeah, hi. I I was just wondering, you know, what the Democrats are going to do about what's happened with the nomination process in their party. Um, It seemed to me like Bernie Sanders had the most delegates at more places than Hillary Clinton did and then this super delegate thing which I don't understand came into play so I just love love to hear what they have to say about that who, who would you like to address it to first any of them anybody want to jump in I, I can start okay so Steve right uh, the process is uh, obviously confusing uh, the other thing to remember is that it's different in all 57 jurisdictions uh, where delegates to the national conventions are selected. Uh, When you look at the numbers as they are right now, there are in the Democratic side, there's there's what are called pledged candidates like myself. We go through a process. We say, I will go down to the national convention and I will cast my first vote for, in my case, Bernie Sanders. The super delegates are what are called unpledged delegates. They can do whatever they want. They basically are the office holders in in the party. In Maine, we have five um, Shelley Pingree being the only Democrat on, in Congress from Maine. And then the Democratic Party chair and vice chair, and we have the Democratic National Committee man and the National Committee woman. And they are allowed to vote um, whichever way they whichever the way they want. There's a long history as to how that came about, um, and I won't get into that now because it will take forever, and you can go back to Chicago 68 if you want a little history on it. Uh, or McGovern 72. Um, there is a lot of movement around the country now to, to change that system and do away with it or to make some changes or to have them vote proportional based on how their states came out. Um, and there's a lot of, there'll be a lot of rules considerations about that. The interesting thing right now is of the pledged delegates, uh, neither uh, Senator Clinton, uh, Secretary Clinton or Senator Sanders have enough pledged delegates to, to be nominated. So one way or another, it will come down to, the, to these uh, superdelegates to make the final decision. Uh, and their job, supposedly, is to make the best decision uh, for the party as to who the best candidate is, and that's what we'll be dis- we've been discussing all along, and that's what we'll be talking about in Philadelphia. Thank you. And we do have a caller. We may have more people who want to weigh in on that question, but let's go to our first caller. Yo, welcome to the program. Good afternoon. I have a question for everybody. Exit polls at significant variance with official results wherever digital voting machines are used. Manipulation of voter rolls. Many reports of widespread electoral fraud. 
election officials were prosecuted. Yet, the official tally always stands. Does anyone who can hear my voice really believe election results are truthful? Thank you for putting on this program, and thank you to everyone for supporting Community Radio. Thanks, Joe. That's a great question. Anybody want to jump in there? I'll take a shot at okay. it. Okay. Tim Wilson? Uh, first off, uh, you have a great point. Uh, I think that we've seen unbelievable amounts of voter suppression in this campaign. We've seen places running out of ballots. We've seen new voter rolls not show up at the polls. We've seen uh, Bill Clinton shutting down polling locations in Massachusetts. Uh, we've seen, uh, I think, probably an unprecedented amount of registration tampering, uh, people's registrations thrown out or changed without their knowledge. Uh, and we've seen it made very, very difficult to get your, the correct ballot in, uh, in states. Uh, so, you know, there's certainly a case in the, on the, I've seen, I think it's Debbie at Sane Progressive has been asking that very question, that if, if we cannot redress our grievances, I mean, here we are, we can, we can kill somebody in Afghanistan from Nevada, but we can't conduct an open, honest, and auditable election. So what in the heck is going on? And if we can't redress our grievances at the ballot box, what are our alternatives? And that's a big question for all of us. Steve Godso. I don't think there's widespread voter fraud on the Democratic side. Hillary won by over 3.5 million, approaching 4 million uh, votes. She's ahead uh, by almost 400 uh, pledged delegates. She's ahead by over 900 uh, delegates when you combine the two. 15% of the delegates in the Democratic Party are superdelegates now. As Dave alluded, there was a time when that was a good thing to have. Maybe the Republicans, there are several Republicans who wish they had that force now. They're the anti-Trump publics. The positive Trump publics don't want that. But, um, you know, if you go back and look, every, every state has their own way of handling the elections. They have when the cutoff dates are and everything else. When you talk about the uh, Democratic National Committee deciding, they don't decide. The states decide. They can recommend to the states, but every state has the right to do what they do. Uh, I would submit that the caucuses have been undemocratic, and I'll talk about that later on. But I don't think there has been voter fraud, and there hasn't been any... Uh, I know there are lots of theories about it and, and conspiracy theories, but I don't believe that's true. Anyone else want to weigh in on that? A yeah, I, I don't think the, the question is voter fraud, and I don't think the caller was talking about that. He was talking about voting fraud. And basically, it's, it's who gets to vote and who counts the ballots. Mm -hmm. um, it's not about who votes in this country. It's about who, vo who counts the ballots. That's where the decisions get made. And I think people that have a problem with what's going on, they don't like something, you've got to remember, as you just pointed out, this is all done state-by-state -state basis. And if you don't like the way voting is happening in your state, it's your state legislators that are solely responsible for what's going on. And so those are the people to go after. There's not some big black conspiracy in the sky. It's your local legislators that are making that happen, either rightly or wrongly. We have another call from Marnie. Marnie, hold on just a second. We're going to let Renee weigh in on that yeah, quickly. Yeah, I just have a quick comment. First of all, I'm going to have to say I'm not a Trump supporter, but I don't want that either. So I would have to respectfully disagree with Steve's comment on, on that. But um, 
As far as uh, the voting counting goes, I come from a very small town. I participated in counting the votes after elections, and um, you know, it's a it's a very intense experience, and we we take it very seriously. And last time, this last election, I went in, and they had a machine. And I was crestfallen because now um, things are going to change. And, you know, so mm -hmm. go ahead. Uh, uh, okay, very quickly, Tim very Wilson, quickly, then we'll get I, right to you, Marnie. I would refer you to a study by uh, Mr. Barragan, B-A-R-R-A-G-A-N, from Stanford. Uh, he did a study, and in places that had auditable paper ballots, Bernie Sanders won. In places that had voting machines that are unauditable, Hillary Clinton won by a lot of votes. And I doubt that had anything to do Steve with someone so. doing something wrong. All right. Well, hopefully we'll have time to get back to that topic. Marnie, thank you for being patient. Welcome to the program. Thank you. I was just curious if those supporting Hillary, Stan Hillary Clinton also support the Iraq War and the um, marriage only between men and women. Okay, Mar Marnie, before you hang up, if you're about to, let me, um, I meant to be asking people as they call in who they support if they're willing to tell us for our poll. And I, yo, I put you down for none of the above, assuming that you're still uh, voting that way. Uh, Marnie, do you want to share who you'd be voting for? Um, I will probably be looking into Jill Stein or Bernie Sanders. Okay, I'll put half in each of those categories then. Thank you. Who wants to take sure. up that question? Or, or, I, or I actually, a, Steve, yeah. you're the most logical person for that. Uh, I would so. say it was uh, clouded because the information that people got were lies, essentially, saying that there were weapons of mass destruction and so forth. So uh, I think we should go back and look and see how everyone voted, but I would say I was conflicted at the time. As far as uh, marriage between a man and a woman, I would say I have evolved myself. Maybe 20 years ago, I changed to the thought that uh, one has no control really over your sexuality, and why should those people be uh, uh, discriminated against? But prior to that, I would say, I had conflicting thoughts about it. But uh, for the last 20 years, I felt that uh, um, I believe in, in marriage between uh, same-sex partners. So you're feeling like Hillary Clinton's position has evolved and that's a normal process? And I think if you look at most of the people in Congress, and, uh, and look at them, their, their thinking has also evolved. There may have been a small core who have been uh, felt like that for a long time, but I think most people have evolved, as has the country. It's been a, an amazing evolution in the last 10 years. What about the people who were in power? I mean, it wasn't that there weren't people saying, hey, this is, you know, wait, stop, there's no evidence that there's weapons of mass destruction. I, I, I was covering in, even here in small towns in Maine, people getting arrested at the uh, offices of the senators saying, listen to us, you're moving too fast. It's not that there was no one saying anything different, it was that the people who were saying something different were being ignored in the buildup to that war. Does that concern you that in future situations she may not be willing to listen to the people and would just go with whatever she's being told by the insiders? I think she's uh, very good at looking at all the evidence and trying to figure out what, what it was. I recall with Charlie Rose's show when there was one person who said um, that they thought the media was railroading it through the Iraq war. Uh, the the, vote, for the vote for the Iraq No, not this one. And uh, he was very, very incensed, saying, uh, you think that these people are doing all this? And I think that was the general... Uh, tenor that when you start in a direction 
and you can't speak up. Just like in Lyndon Johnson in the uh, Bay of Pigs resolution, there were people who didn't agree with that but couldn't speak up because the environment was such that they would be castigated if they did. Let me give the phone number one more time, and we have a caller coming through. The number here, you're listening to Maine Currents on WERU, is 469-0500 locally and one 866 625 9378 toll free. We have a group with us in the studio representing a variety of different positions and candidates. And uh, Tim Wilson is here. He's a Bernie Sanders supporter. Dave Guglia is here. He's a Trump supporter. We've yet to hear from him yet, but we will. Uh, Steve Godso is a Hillary Clinton supporter. Renee Trust is a libertarian leaning Republican. And David Bright is uh, is a Bernie Sanders supporter, but also here filling in for uh, Betsy Gerald can answer some questions about the Green Party. Uh, Tim Wilson wants to weigh in on that last question. We'll let him do that real quickly and then we'll get to the caller that's on the line go ahead tim pull that microphone over there uh, two things quickly first off given all the information available at the time bernie sanders and hillary clinton had access to the same amount of information bernie went on the record and voted against the, the iraq war so it's a very clear difference on who isn't so much interested in public opinion as in doing the right thing uh, and then as far as freedom i mean bernie sanders also voted against the patriot act came down in favor of liberty over security and uh, that was a very, another very courageous vote and uh, also something that Hillary voted for. She voted for the Patriot Act as Bernie Sanders opposed it. So, All right. We have Chris Lyons from the Libertarian Party of Maine on the line. Thanks for calling in, Chris. Pleasure. Thank you, Amy. So uh, who are you voting for? <laughs> of course, Gary Johnson. What we have is a ticket that's of two two-term governors who have executive experience. Um, they're the uh, preachers of non-intervention, not isolationism, not pacifism, but non-intervention. There's no need to be blowing up Libya and Syria and whatnot. Um, it's about limited government. Um, the smaller government, the more free people are, the more prosperous we are. 40, 40 cents on every dollar in the U.S. economy at this time is going to government. So that should go back to the people. Gary Johnson, from what little I know about him, is fairly uh, progressive in terms of social issues. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, a, a basic line for the libertarian stance is we're fiscally uh, conservative and socially accepted. So very much so. We believe every, from a main perspective, it could be summed up this way. I'll mind my business, you mind your business. Renee's nodding in agreement here. Do you want to jump in and add anything, Renee? No, I just totally agree. Okay. <laughs> well, there's that. And is Gary Johnson going to be on the ballot, or is this a name that people will have to write in in Maine? No, he will be on the ballot. We've gone to battle with the state to receive official uh, state party status. Um, we won a federal court case against the state. Um, there have been a number of procedural obstructionism because yeah, let's face it those who rule make the rules and uh, but we will get it we need to submit 426 more registrations by Mainers to be libertarian by July 12th we suspect we can exceed that by July 1st even with the uh, basically the obstacles we've faced it's like they've made the hoop smaller put it up higher set it on fire but we're still gonna jump through all right. David Bright would like to say something. Yeah, the other alternative op option that, that libertarians or anyone has is they have until August 1st in this state to produce 4,000 signatures on a petition for a slate of electors. 
and anybody can do that. If the libertarians, if it doesn't work out in this July thing, they've got till August for us to do that. It's a big task getting 4,000. But you get a slate of electors, and, and any party can do that. The socialists could do that. The communists could do that. The the, uh, the blue party, the yellow party, whatever you want, that, that's, that's in our law also. So there is ballot access. There will be at least four candidates on the main ballot because uh, the Greens are already on there by virtue of being an organized party now. And, Correct. Uh, and, and there, there could be five or six by the time we get our ballots in November. Correct. We don't think we need to go through the uh, signature gathering process because we've already um, won short term. We're here. We're almost there. Uh, hopefully we don't need to do that. But, the, yeah, that's on the back burner if need be, I guess. And the second point is uh, we would be an official party, which means Libertarian would be on that registration card. It means we have equal uh, airtime from political views. Um, it, cre- it opens up a lot of doors once that's done, as opposed to having a signature drive of 4,000. It is interesting to note, though, we needed 5,000 people to um, valid or uh, approved registrations by Mainers. I believe the Greens got got to become an official party with less than 3,000, if I'm correct. Sounds well, like of a course, they're bigger than that now, but... <laughs> Isn't it a percentage of the last Well, the Green Party, the Green Party, the law used to be that you had to get a certain percentage of the of the vote for either governor or president, and that's how right. the Green Party has um, has stayed on. The first couple of times, the first couple of times that people um, uh, Green Party candidates got on, they did do it by um, uh, petitioning. But but that's that's how that has happened. And then the law changed, and now you do not have to get a certain percentage of the vote. But you have to have a certain uh, percentage of membership or a certain number, set number of members. So it, it has changed a little bit. Here yeah. we go again. So many laws, we can't keep up with them. <laughs> You're absolutely right. It doesn't have to be this way. Common sense goes a long way. And that's what the Libertarian Party would like to bring to Maine is common sense. All right. Well, thank you so much for calling in, Chris. Appreciate your call. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Amy. And if anybody else would like to join the discussion, again, the number is 469-0500, 469-0500 locally, or 1-866-625-9378, toll free. Both phone lines are open now. Anybody want to jump in on any of the topics that have been discussed already before I pull another question out of the watering can? Uh, Dave, Dave, this is Dave Gulia. Yeah, I Just listening to, uh, to what I think it was Chris was the caller had to say, uh, what concerns me is Gary Johnson has picked uh, Bill Weld, former governor of Massachusetts, who supported legislation uh, restricting uh, gun owners. And so it's not, uh, to me, that doesn't follow the I'll mind my business and you mind your business. Um, you know, I would have even supported probably Gary Johnson at least a little bit until he made that choice. So I think that, you know, that was just something I wanted, I wanted to mention. Mm. You're nodding too, Renee. Is that a concern of yours as well about that ticket? Yeah, or? I think there, it was a, a, con- a controversial pick for sure. Yeah. Okay. Amy, one of the things that David, one, right? of, one of the things that I think we're hearing here is is this whole issue of ballot access, uh, which has come up in, in several ways here. In the state of Maine, if you're running for legislature, everybody has the same set of rules. But once you get to United States Congress or the U.S. Senate or the president, that the ballot access procedures are different. The way you get on the ballot, the way you get selected are different. And I. I think in the long term, we need to be thinking about about uh, somehow making that equal so that the, the, the burden of getting on the ballot as a presidential candidate in Maine is the same as in California or, or 
Arizona, or hopefully in Arizona, it's the same as in Maine, a little easier. But, but the 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 one of a lot of the confusion that happens and a lot of the the trauma that happens is because there's so many different rules as for ballot access around the country, and it's all the same office, and it really should be more uniform. All right, and Tim Wilson, let's pull that mic over closer. We're sharing yeah, microphones again today to get as many people in here as possible, so uh, please bear with us. And I would add, I would add that, that we, we don't want discussions about a lot of this stuff. We, we want a fair vote. We want a, a clear vote, and we want one that can be audited. Uh, you know, the, the probability that there was not election fraud, I want to make sure I get this right, uh, in this election, uh, it was one in 77 billion in, that there was not fraud. In which election are you referring in to? In this presidential, in the Democratic primary. Oh, in the primary, okay. So that's, you have a 40 times better chance of winning the lottery. Uh, so. And where does that number come from? That comes from Barragan, B-A-R-R-A-G-N, Stanford okay, University. So this is the, what you were quoting earlier. Yeah, and there's also from Berkeley. There's four studies that have been done uh, looking at it very different statistical cuts and they're saying you know there's it looks like there's something fishy in the voting machines now maybe there's not but we should be able to settle the pro this this question with paper ballots i like paper ballots Steve got so. bangor has those and I, I very much appreciate them back in ohio and florida uh south carolina with the diebold machines back in uh carry when carry was running um some of them were counting up and then counting backwards, and there's no way to verify it. I agree that it's a problem. And not only that, one can uh, hack into them, which is another big problem. So uh, I'm very much opposed to those machines if there's a way around them. Mm. It makes for a slower uh, release of results, you know, but there's got to be a way in this technological society to come up with a way to not only have a way to vote uh, digitally, but to have a backup, you know, to have some kind of backup that you can verify. Right. Dave Gulia. That was going to kind of be my point is, do you, do you think either the media or the people can wait that long? I mean, I, I remember way back when you wouldn't even find out the results of the election in, in a larger uh, city, uh, at least until perhaps the next day, maybe, yeah. maybe the day after, even the end of the week. Nowadays, it's all, it's all digital. Everybody yeah, wants to instant, refresh yeah. that website. Yeah. So they can get it right away. So I, yeah. I think you know, you know, in the small towns, it's nice because it is you're connecting that arrow or, or, right. or filling in that oval. But right. I think I think the general consensus of this group sounds like the paper ballots is, is the preferred way to go. Or or just marking an X on a paper ballot and then putting them in piles of fifty on the table and, and counting them. Um, and you're right, the, the, a lot of the electronics is media, national media driven, and we need to be looking hard at that and, and let's let's do it right rather than fast. All right, pulling another question out of the watering can. What will your candidate do to promote peace? Whose question is that? I'll start with Steve. That's You're asking, question. okay, so that's Tim Wilson's question, and he is directing it to uh, Steve Godso, our Hillary Clinton supporter. Well, I think the first line of support would be in negotiations and to, to um, rather than to go to force. Force is the last um, way you'd want to go. So, and I think Hillary Clinton will do that. I think uh, I've been reading a lot of things about her lately, especially in there, uh, even in uh, the State Department, they were saying she was a more cautious person. She was in favor of going in and getting bin Laden uh, and some other things like that, that she, she wanted a no-fly zone in Syria so the, um, all the people who were 
being killed would have a way to get out before the Russians came in. Now, that's promoting peace, I say, because uh, there was a tremendous a lot of slaughter that happened, and now we have the refugee question, which is a tremendous problem. Um, so I think that she will look to see uh, how peace can be found first rather than always go to war as for some reason people like to say that's the way it is but I don't believe that's the way it is. Anyone else want to weigh in on how your candidates will promote peace? Dave Gulia? Well I think I think peace begins from within. We are not secure as a country uh, so Mr. Trump's idea of, uh, of building the wall and uh, keeping out illegal immigrants uh, who do bring crime and, and other things that, that we just don't want in this country. We, we must start from within. We must start at home. Uh, and so as a nation that will feel peaceful, we can be peaceful. So more of a non-interventionist approach. But what about the, I mean, the logistics of actually building that wall? Do you think that's really something that can possibly happen? Because obviously Mexico, he if he becomes president of the U.S., is not going to be able to tell Mexico what they have to do. Well, no, he's, you know, they're not going to send a check over the next day that they're pays for the wall. They're not going to send a check over, period. Right, but if you want your Jose Cuervo tequila, you may have to pay more money to have it imported into our country, which does a couple of different things. Maybe it will bolster the, the so ability. So you sanctions. Yeah, right, yeah. Uh, sanctions, uh, adding charges and, and money needed to get... Uh, passports and visas and, and, and to get into the country legally to follow the, to follow the proper rules, uh, you know, to be able to just tack on a few extra dollars here and there. I mean, that's how they're going to get them to pay so for it. So even if the wall is not feasible, and I think most people think that the way he originally presented it, at least it's not, what you're saying is focusing more on security at home and less on what's going on overseas. Is that, is that what you're saying? I think that's where we need to begin. I mean, we certainly can't turn a blind eye to it, but mm -hmm. I think that I think you know, that's that's where we need to start right away. Anyone else want to weigh in on other candidates and what they would do to promote peace? Well, I, I think uh, uh, certainly if you look at the positions that Jill Stein uh, from the Green Party has, the Green Party is basically founded on on uh, some basic tenets, and one of which was his peace. Um, and I won't go into details, but, but uh, that her campaign has always... Uh, follow those tenets, and uh, the Green Party is pretty much the party of peace and justice. Uh, and so I think you can even look at specifics, but I think it's it's all in an attitude and a and a philosophy of where you're coming from, and that's that's the roots of the Green Party. Uh, Tim Wilson, Renee, Trustee, either one of you want to weigh in on this? Well, I don't. <clears throat> this is Renee Trust. I I don't really have a candidate, as you know, but. Um, I just, you know, I was thinking about uh, Hillary Clinton, and um, I just can't get Benghazi out of my mind, and um, that wasn't very promoting of peace. Uh, and what is it about the Benghazi situation that most bothers you? What most bothers what me was the lies and deception um, directly following it when it's been proven since then. About whether it was a protest versus a, 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 a film. possible um, terrorist it, attack. It certainly was not a film, and, and they... They continued that story um, for, I think, weeks afterwards. I'm not sure how long now, but, um, you know, I think that that is, um, you know, definitely illustrates her, goes to her character. And, and I would think that that would disqualify anyone from being a candidate for president. Although that video Let's did cause so. lots of unrest in the world, lots of people uh, protesting. And so it's called the innocent Muslim or something with the... the 
is, am I getting the name of that right? Right. The video that was around this. I'll Google it while you talk. Go ahead, Steve. Keep in mind that when uh, Ronald Reagan was in uh, office, there was a uh, 220 were killed in, in uh, what, Beirut, and nothing was said about that, 220. Now, if you look at Benghazi, four people were killed, but there have been probably 15 different Senate and House groups looking at it. They came to the conclusion that nothing could have been done in that. You couldn't have gotten other people in there in time to stop that. And all, all of those people who go into those situations, I applaud them. I don't think I would have the courage to do that. But if you look at all the uh, areas where there's so much turmoil in the world, the question is, are we going to have a presence or not? And uh, they chose to go there. So I, I'm too bad. I'm sorry, really sorry. Yeah, me too. If she'd just been honest about it, that was my point. Secretary Clinton had a job to do, and she didn't do it. All right. Well, I'm going to, um, yeah, it's Innocence of Muslims was the anti-Muslim video that was we're referring to, if anybody cares. Uh, Tim Wilson, weigh in quickly, and then we've got Yo on the line again. Okay. Uh, just quickly, I feel the same way about Hillary because she has a record of toppling dictators. You know, that she voted for Iraq. She advocated for Libya within the, the taking out of Gaddafi, which now is a ISIS stronghold. And now she's for the toppling of Assad. I mean, it's like we just keep going through the same thing over and over. I uh, see how that promotes peace. Bernie Sanders is for conforming to international law. Yo, welcome back to the program. Sorry if I seem like a crank, but I didn't hear one person answer the question, what his candidate will do to promote peace? Answer the question Please. Okay. Yo, before you hang up, am I correct to put you in the none of the above category for who you'll be voting for, or would you rather pick someone else or not say? I haven't seen anyone yet that I'd care to waste my vote on, so I'm keeping mine. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Yo. Uh, who wants to jump in there? Renee, you were leaning in. Okay. Yeah, she caught me leaning. Um, I, <laughs> although I don't have a candidate, I would say that um, Gary Johnson, should he become my candidate, um, <clears throat> I did vote for him last election, but I don't know. I'm on the fence this year. Um, he has uh, the non-interventionist uh, policy, so that would be considered peace-promoting. So I hope that answers the question. Anyone else? Tim Wilson? Right, so I'll just reiterate, uh, Bernie Sanders is for conformity with international law. In other words, he's not a dove per se because he voted for Afghanistan and going to Afghanistan after bin Laden but he's voted against military intervention since then. The, the, the other, uh, this is David, the, the other situation that Bernie talks about a lot is getting, uh, in the Middle East, getting the other countries uh, involved and not being in there with boots on the ground and uh, just going in and taking over. His position is in these countries, we need the people in those countries and in the region to get involved and take... Uh, work with us and take some responsibility. So he's very inclusive on on that uh, and also does see, uh, is, is big on negotiating and, and uh, sees uh, weapons of U.S. mass destruction as the last uh, last resort. All right. You know, and I'd say something about, about Trump as well. You know, I, he would promote peace through strength. I do believe that that is um, something that Ronald Reagan did since he was brought up. Uh, interestingly, I'll jump in on that. I'm wearing my Dennis Kucinich T-shirt here. Uh, this is from the 2004 campaign, but his his motto, Dennis's motto, 
back long, and he worked with Senator Sanders or then Congressman Sanders on this. But but his position was was a strength through peace, not peace through strength. Uh, and it's a different way of looking at things. But but uh, uh, it, it's a worldview of we're in this together, and there's one planet, and we need to get past our our hatreds and our thousand-year-old uh, family battles and do what's best for everyone. I agree with Dave about the Middle East. Uh, um, you, have play, you have entities like Hezbollah, however, that perhaps they don't want to have a peaceful resolution. I mean, there are going to be... Uh, if George Mitchell can't get anything done, I think it is extremely, extremely difficult to have those kinds of things work, certainly. Well, we have entities like Grumman that maybe don't want peace either. So it's, a, right. you know, you need right. to look at where the money is. Follow the money. That's the, that's the gospel rule of politics, and it'll yep. always take you to the answer. If you're just joining us, listeners, this is Maine Currents on WERU. I'm Amy Brown. My guests here in the studio today represent a range of political thought from uh, I'm going to do the list backwards this time, so don't keep listening to you all in the same order. We have David Bright, who is here. He's somewhere on the border. I'm putting you down between. Uh, he's a Bernie Sanders supporter, but also can talk about the Greens and has supported the Greens in the past. So if you have questions about them or comments about them, he can address either of those. Renee Trust is a libertarian-leaning Republican. Steve Godzo is a Hillary Clinton supporter. Dave Gulia is a Trump supporter. And Tim Wilson is a Bernie Sanders supporter. And you can call in and join us at 469-0500. Locally, again, it's 469-0500 or 1-866-625-9378. Call in with your questions or comments to answer any of the questions that have been raised before or pose another one or and or to weigh in on our poll. And so far, we haven't had a ton of callers this time. We have uh, one person voting for none of the above, half a vote each for uh, Jill Stein and Bernie Sanders, and one vote for um, Gary Johnson is tied in the lead with none of the above <laughs> in our very informal, um, extremely unscientific presidential poll. And I see that uh, John's going to the phone now, so we're going to have another caller coming in in a minute. When we're done with that call, I think next up on deck is a question that the uh, participants here, the guests, had for each other about fracking. Mike from Swanville, welcome to the program. Hi there. I, I'd, like to, I'd like to ask the caller who is in favor of Trump uh, how he views Trump's full, getting a full endorsement from uh, uh, Prime Minister Putin. This is uh, not a caller, actually. Dave Gooley is here with us in the studio. Go ahead, Dave. Well, I, I guess you'll have to uh, to kind of uh, expand on that a little bit. Are you are you asking that he has received the endorsement? Well, I saw I saw Alexander Dugan, who's like uh, who's like the political representative of uh, Putin's regime on his show, like the, the Dugan viewpoint or whatever, do a, do like a sterling endorsement of Trump. In fact, he called it, in Trump we trust. You know, so when this guy who basically like def has defined neo-Eurasianism and Putin's foreign and domestic policy says that he fully endorses Trump, well, you know, what does that mean to you? Well, I, I guess it doesn't mean much to me right now. I mean, you, you, you know, you're telling me that somebody down the line who works with Vladimir Putin endorses Donald Trump. I mean, it, it could speak towards a positive relationship with Russia. Uh, I would. Well, I mean, what I'm saying is that this guy doesn't just work with Vladimir Putin. I mean, he pretty much represents the direction of Russian politics. He might be considered like an equivalent of, I don't know, you know, like a William F. Buckley type or something like that, representing Republicans or, a, 
you know, or a Noam Chomsky representing Democrats. The guy's a big hitter over there. Mike, what does it mean to you? It sounds well, like you have concerns well, about it. Well, I do have concerns. I have concerns that um, Trump is basically like uh, is in Putin's camp. Because what I've heard Trump, I mean, because we were talking about peace, right? And Trump has said that he's a non-interventionist and He's like, why do we have to spend money on NATO, you know? Why really should we be defending the Baltic <laughs> states from Russia when, you know, so forth and so on? So he's talking about, like, uh, abandoning the NATO alliance. Now, how do you think that reflects on peace? Is that going to invite war, or is that going to be the solution? I'm going to let Dave weigh in on that, and before we let you go, I want to, Mike, if you want to go in one of these categories in our little unofficial poll of who you'd be voting for? <laughs> I'm, I'm with yo. Okay, so we'll put you down for the none of the above category. We've got another caller on the line, and we want to open up the phone line, so we're going to give Dave a chance to answer that. But thank sure. you very much for your call, Mike. I'll be quick just to simply say that, you know, as far as I can see it, NATO right now is for the United States is kind of just a sinkhole. Right now it's a toilet that we're throwing money into. So I, 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 that's why I support Mr. Trump's idea to, to pull out of NATO and stop putting our money into something that's just not doing anything for us. Okay. have Nemo and Stu Ben on the line. Welcome to the program. Hello. Uh, I think Trump is too soft. The idea of building walls is nonsense. We need a guy who can do it, like Whitey Bulger. He doesn't need walls. He just dumps them in Boston's marshes. This is not a race. This is roller derby. Thank you. <laughs> hey, wait, Nemo. Vote Nemo. Uh, darn, we didn't get to find out who Nemo was voting for. <laughs> but thank you for some uh, much-needed comic relief. Again, this is Maine Currents on WERU. And if you'd like to join the discussion the next 20 minutes we have left to the program, give us a call at 469-0500. Both phone lines have just opened up. Again, it's 469-0500 or toll-free 1-866-625-9378. So... I said this time we're going to go to the questions that you all put in the watering can for each other before we get to mine, and, and I'm glad that we're doing that because we're not going to get to mine. We'll save those for next time, but hopefully we'll get to most of yours. And the next one is about fracking. Uh, who put that down? All right, Steve Godso asked that. Who would you like to direct that to? Oh, I guess I'll ask Tim. And can you frame that as a question? Well, uh, I would say, rather than ask it as a question, I would say that... Uh, um, I think we have natural gas. We love natural gas. It's great. And about 30% of the production of, for uh, energy in the United States is natural gas now. If you ban fracking, that is going to end natural gas because that's how you get natural gas. They drill down two miles, say, and then go across. The EPA says there's no evidence that uh, uh, fracking has involved any groundwater. And uh, the Environmental Defense Fund says who have 500 scientists who look into all these things, they say, uh, just because you haven't, we haven't found any evidence, they haven't found any evidence. The th when they had the flaming uh, um, water taps, that's because they hit a, uh, it's a shallow well, they hit a pocket of methane, but it's not, you know, two miles down. So we're at 30%, it's going to be at uh, 40% in uh, 2040. Renewables now are at about 10 percent, and maybe in 2040, I'm looking at a, a graph right here now, it's going to be at maybe 15 percent. There's no way to, to uh, 
make up for natural gas. We have two callers waiting, so try to put this in a question. And also keep in mind that nobody has done the background research on fracking either, but I have done some shows on this that um, contradict what you're saying, but um, I'm not going to get into that either. But if you want to continue, you're posing this to David Bright. And I would say, you know, they're not going to do any fracking in the Pennsylvania, New York shelf or anything like that. But if we are going to get more natural gas, it's got to be done somewhere. So what's the Go question? Ahead, well, Where would it, just, what's your thought on it? Okay. Short of oxygen, the next thing that's the most important to life on this planet is water. Uh, and uh, we have seen examples of fracking uh, damaging water, polluting waterways. Uh, we're now seeing where they're taking the water that comes out of these fracking wells and ch talking about shipping it to California for irrigation. And uh, I think, uh, back to the peace thing, uh, I firmly believe that the last war we have a fight on this planet will be over water. Or it could be over garbage. Well, you know, we can, <laughs> for, we, for, we can compost yeah. the garbage, but, yeah. but if we don't have the water, I, so I... Uh, uh, I know, you know, the Green Party is dead against fracking. Uh, Bernie's position is, is opposed to fracking, always has been. Um, I think it's one of those serious, uh, uh, right up there with global warming issues, uh, water quality, and I, I think it's, it's serious. And, yeah, maybe we need it for natural gas, but I think, you know, I it's can burn some back. firewood before I yeah, we're, can't we're, drink water. We've got two callers waiting, and this is a complicated topic that we've done entire shows on. So uh, not to cut that off, but also if you didn't come in prepared with your numbers and your research, and I'm the only one with a computer here on, so nobody else can grab that to come up with their responses on that. It's kind of technical. But we do have Mike back on the line up next, and then another caller waiting. So, Mike, quickly. Yeah. Um, NATO won money pit, okay? That's our alliance. That's, our tr that's a treaty, okay? We're talking about backing out on a treaty. Yet, we don't have an alliance and we don't have a treaty with the state of Israel. And yet, we're sending them money, okay? They're a money pit, too. So I want to hear across the board, guys. NATO, yes or no. The Zionists, yes or no. The, the Zionists? The Zionist entity in occupied Palestine. Okay, so you want to know where, where each of them, yeah. where their candidates Fund, defund, go, yes, no, pro, con. Okay, all right, yeah. so let's do a go around with that, and then we'll get to the next caller. Hang tight, caller. Um, want to start uh, with you, Dave Gulia. Uh Yeah, we'll make it quick so we can go on to the caller. Uh, defund NATO, uh, always support Israel. Renee Trust. I'm going to agree with Dave on this one. All right, Steve Godso. Uh Israel is our very strongest ally in the, in the Middle East, which is a swamp, we have to admit. Uh, NATO is our uh, – we need NATO so badly that uh, we would never walk away. Tim Wilson? Well, I mean, historically, NATO was there to offset a nuclear threat from Russia. Uh, when the wall came down, there was a verbal agreement that it would not be expanded one finger closer than the end of East and the border of East Germany. Uh, we subsequently broke that, that suggestion, marched right up to Russia's door. If they were coming through Latin America and had just signed an alliance with Mexico, what do you think our response would be? So I don't know exactly what Bernie's situ what position on funding NATO is, but I don't think that at least backing off and uh, creating a buffer between us and, and Russia is necessarily a bad idea. The other thing is keep in mind that NATO, there's, there's a reason that we expanded NATO, and to David's point, follow the money. 
Every NATO member has to pay 2% of its GDP to, to military-industrial complex. That's one of the rules when you join. So it's expanding the military-industrial complex. All right, and Dave Brighton. And I'm speaking for myself here, not for either candidate, but uh, my personal opinion is that Israel is a big boy and can take care of itself and has done some very serious human rights things. Uh, violations. violations, destroying villages and all that, and I don't see any need to be sending any money over there, but I do, I must confess, I don't know what Jill Stein's position is or Bernie Sanders is on that. Uh, all right, Bernie going to... Bernie has called I, for a seat at the table for the Palestinians, so okay. he's called for more balance with the Palestinian interests. Great. And Bill Clinton did that also. Great. Thanks for the go-round. We've got, uh, I think Tom and Appleton is still on hold to be up next. Is that correct, Tom? Are you on the line? Yeah, hi. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. Hi, great program. Uh, I, I'd hate to walk it back a little bit, but uh, in regards to fracking, um, uh, they're not just shipping water to California. They're actually pumping it back underground to, to who knows where. And the other thing about fracking, it's not really all that environmentally friendly. If you, I just saw the other day that someone was flying over fracking wells uh, with a I believe it was an infrared camera, and there are just clouds of methane gas coming out of these things. Um, it's not as safe as it's cracked up to be, and I don't think it's really a long-term viable solution to a domestic energy policy. That's all I wanted to say. Tom, do you want to weigh in on who you'd be voting for in my very informal poll? I have no problem voting for Bernie Sanders. Um, I, you know, I, I can vote for whoever I want, and I think Bernie Sanders is... Uh, I think he's far and above uh, the most honest politician out there. Uh, Donald Trump might be honest, but I think he's also a dangerous psychopath. Okay. Well, thank you for your call. We have another uh, caller waiting, and then we'll give our guests a chance to weigh in. John from Ellsworth, thanks for being patient. John, Hi, are you Amy. There? Hey. Hi, Amy. This is John. I apologize. I was tied up in traffic, so I just got your phone number and could just call in. So I haven't heard anything that's going on in the show today. What's going on? <laughs> All right. Well, we are talking about the upcoming elections. Do you want to let us know who you'd be voting for? I'm voting for Donald Trump. You're voting for Donald Trump. Okay, great. And you want to say why? Uh, I'm a businessman here in Ellsworth, and I think it's time to have a non-politician, a businessman in there that would run our country with good business management principles. All right. Anything else you want to add? Uh, I hope the Republicans would all rally around Donald Trump as he appears he will be the nominee and give him 100% support. I think we need a change. We need somebody that's uh, ready to say what he thinks and not read from a teleprompter every time like that. So I don't agree with everything he said, but overall, he's by far the best candidate as far as I'm concerned. And I hope he gets the support of Republicans, independents, and Democrats that want to see our country back in a proper position. All right. Thanks for calling in, John. Thank you, John. You're a great American, and I love your... Uh... I love your flags out in front on, in Trenton. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate Dave that very Dave knows who you are. Uh, we've got a few people want to weigh in on this. So Terry and Sorrento, hang tight. We'll get to you in just a moment. Renee Trust. Yeah, another thing a lot, a lot of my friends say about, um, about Donald Trump is um, when weighing all the candidates is at least he loves his country. I do, I do believe that is true. And... Um, you know, I'm sorry I can't rally around him. I'm a Carly Fiorina supporter, and she's not in the race, and <laughs> I just can't go there yet. But who knows? I may evolve. Well, by the time we get done this series, you'll have decided on somebody, I think. Uh, Steve Godso. I agree with the caller about the, the big issue with fracking is the release of methane gas where one drills. 
So uh, Hillary Clinton is in favor of responsible fracking. That is, that must be regulated, and one can can reduce that by a, you know, a thousandfold by uh, having the proper fittings and everything around it. Mm. I'm really tempted to get in sidetrack onto this fracking thing with a lot of questions, but, but again, we have to keep things the moving. The EPA said waiting. there is no evidence that there's any uh, groundwater contamination. We're not, yeah, we're not going to yeah. debate fracking in, in depth, just okay. where the candidates stand on it, because we just don't have time. Uh, you look like you wanted to weigh in on this, Steve Wilson, or uh, oh, Tim yes. Wilson, before we go to the next call. Quickly, uh, Bernie obviously opposes a fracking completely. There's a ban on fracking. And, uh, you know, the other thing is to look at is they re-inject the chemical water into the ground where it causes seismic activity. If you look at the University of Oklahoma's seismic fracking, you'll find <clears throat> that it causes a lot of earthquakes and earth they used to have earthquakes and, and that okay. what happens to the water when you have an earthquake okay we're done with fracking for now maybe we'll <laughs> yeah. do a whole show Sorry. on it another time unless you, do you have a quick thing you want to add no, to that David? i have nothing else to say about fracking okay <laughs> terry from sorrento thank you very much for your patience welcome to the program hi i just want to make a quick comment we live in the real world all of us went to school with guys like donald trump he's a bully and a lot of people are behind him because they're afraid of the bully, and they figure if they back the bully, the bully won't bully them. Now, I don't like Hillary Clinton very much, but I'm not so sure that you need to like your president. You need a president who is willing to do almost the unthinkable at times. And uh, all things considered, Hillary is the only option in the real world to Donald Trump. And um, I, I refer to her as uh, lovingly because my mother was a bitch. My, I've known okay, plenty of females um, who were very you tough. You watch the language here in the radio. Let me just finish, please. Uh, okay, as long as you say you won't swear again. She's one of the few people, I don't believe that's a swear word, but it is as far as the FCC people, is concerned. She's one of the few people who can take on the bully. Okay. 18 Republican candidates could not. Bernie Sanders might, but he is not going to be our president. Hillary has a chance. And uh, it's either that or the bully. Okay, and if you people like the bully, vote for him. All right. Terry, thank you for your call. We're almost out of time. We have one more person waiting. We're going to let this call quickly, and then we're going to try to have like 30 seconds each to close the program. Uh, Heather from MDI, thank you for calling. Hi. Hi, Heather. Uh, uh, I just want to say, last time I called, I accidentally called uh, Bernie, the governor of um, Burlington, which was so silly. But I was um, trying to think fast while I was driving. So, anyways, I apologize for that. I'm not completely ignorant. Um, my question actually goes to the last Trump supporter uh, that called and also for the one that you have on the air. I keep hearing this rhetoric about him being a, a great businessman. And I know he has billions, but most of it was from inheritance. He's actually bankrupted several companies and taxpayers and other entities end up paying for that. So I would like my question is to both those people or anyone else is why do you think he's a good businessman? Uh, can you can you respond to some of my claims about him claiming bankruptcy and maybe refute it and provide backup if not? Okay. That's great. That's my question. Okay. Thank you for your call, Heather. And like I said, we have like now, I think, three minutes left to the program. So uh, previous callers are not going to have time to call back in. Uh, but Dave Gulia, our Trump supporter in the studio, can weigh in on that. Sure. I mean, you take uh, the number of actual bankruptcies. I mean, Mr. Trump has started hundreds and hundreds of companies. It's a handful 
uh, that he had to bankrupt. Uh, and I'm sure he had good reason for it. So, I mean, you take a small percentage of, uh, of I guess, you know, if you want to call them failures, but, I mean, it's, it's, it's a small percentage of a large, of a larger uh, number. So, I mean, like I said, you know, he's got hundreds and hundreds of corporations that he's CEO of. And, and it's a very small number that he actually has bankrupted. And he's come back from the brink. Uh, you know, I mean, he, he was, he, he's bankrupted himself. I mean, he was a poor, poorer man uh, quite a few years ago. And he's built it all back up again. His campaign uh, in the news uh, in the last day is really suffering. He claimed in May that he had more money than any candidate in history, and it turns out that he actually had less money than some of the people who weren't running anymore. So that's an issue. Any, does that concern you at all? Well, I don't think so. I, th I think that has to do with the fact that he hasn't asked for money. Uh, so what he does is he takes his own money and he needs to loan it to the campaign, and he's gotten to a point now where he's used quite a bit of that up. And uh, he's also got the obligation now to the GOP uh, to fundraise uh, for candidates who are down down ticket from him. Uh, so I think what we're seeing now is it's come to the point where people need to step up to help him. I mean, you know, that's one of those things that I think that Bernie Sanders was great at. I mean, he got everybody to send in just a few dollars. And it helped him, and I think that's what that's what Trump supporters need to do. We have literally about thirty seconds for each of you to say a final thought. If you have one, um, do you want do you have anything you'd like to say in closing, Dave Goulian? Yeah, All right, thank you, Renee. Renee Trust is passing. Steve Godzo, that means you get a whole minute. The best hope <laughs> for Democrats and progressives and so forth is for them to unite with with Bernie's help. I would say get an opportunity to get progressive members on the Supreme Court, overturn Citizens United, Voter Rights Act, uh, move toward getting uh, health care, single-payer health care, get more, more uh, Democrats or progressive-minded independents into Congress, and that's when that can, all can happen. But if we fight each other, it won't happen. All right. Uh, Tim Wilson. Uh, <clears throat> along that same line, check out brandnewcongress.com, brandnewcongress.com. That's where a bunch of Bernie staffers and uh, progressives are gathering to recruit and support candidates. They're going to run as a single slate in 2018. Uh, so check it out. All right. Thank you. And David Bright? Just remember that we do not have a nominee for the Democratic Party right now. Hillary Clinton is not the Democratic nominee. We will see what happens in Philadelphia. I realize it's a long road. Uh, but... Uh, and we're, we're also hearing uh, overtures, overtures from the Green Party uh, to invite Bernie in. So right. there are a lot of people out there who, for one reason or not, uh, will not get behind uh, Hillary Clinton, and we've got to figure out how to, uh, what that means. Thank you all for joining me for this really civil discussion. This is something that when we first started thinking about doing it, there were people who thought we were absolutely crazy. And time and time again, as people come in and do this, you're showing that we can have a civil discussion, even though there's some strong disagreements here. And really appreciate you all coming in and taking the time from your schedules to do that. We'll continue this discussion next month. And uh, we'll have a better idea of where things stand at that time, I think. And uh, our vote today, our tally... Um, Let's see, we've got Bernie Sanders won by half a vote over none of the above. <laughs> uh, half a vote for uh, Jill Stein, one vote for Hillary Clinton, and for the first time we had one vote from our callers for Donald Trump. So thank you everybody who called in. And uh, thank you John Greenman for engineering today. Thank you again to my guests Tim Wilson, Dave Guglia, Steve Godzo, Renee Trust, and David Bright. And uh, did I just thank you John Greenman for engineering? I'm repeating myself. 
You've been listening to Maine Currents on WERU. We are independent local news, views, and culture, and you can catch us here every Wednesday afternoon at 4 o'clock. Stay tuned. We've got Democracy Now! coming up next, followed by Jazz Straight Ahead with Larry Stahlberg here on your community radio station, WERU-FM 89.9 Blue Hill, 99.9 Bangor, and streaming online at WERU.org. Support for WERU comes from Maine Farmland Trust, a member-supported, nonprofit organization focused on reviving the working landscape and securing a future for farming in Maine. More information on protecting farmland and supporting farmers at mainefarmlandtrust.org. This is Community Radio, WERU-FM, 89.9 Blue Hill and 99.9 in Bangor. Here's a quick look at the National Weather Service forecast for the greater Bangor, Midcoast, and Downeast regions. Tonight, mostly cloudy with scattered thunderstorms with a chance of showers in the evening, then partly cloudy after midnight, lows 52, winds out of the west at 5 to 10. Thursday, mostly sunny in the morning, then becoming partly sunny, high 72, southwest winds 5 to 10 miles per hour. Thursday night, partly cloudy, lows around 50, southwest winds around 5 miles per hour, becoming northwesterly after midnight. Friday looks sunny, high 72 to 78, northwest winds 10 to 15. Saturday, sunny, high 75 to 82. And Sunday, mostly sunny, high 75 to 85. It'll be coolest along the coast. In the marine forecast for the Penobscot Bay Area, tonight winds out of the west around 5 knots, seas 1 to 2 feet.